Welcome to the African Tech Roundup, Episode 7. Thanks for joining us. It's Monday. Now, you know how we do on a Monday. We round up the week's most important technology, digital, and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasubu. I'm a broadcaster and entrepreneur. And with me on the mic, as always, is my guy, Defo Mohapi. How's it, dude? Yeah, I'm good, dude. Uh, it was good to see you last week, Thursday. It went down pretty well. And uh, for those of you who missed uh, what went down last Thursday, there was a, a talk and fireside chat by Trevor Wolf, who, of course, is the MD uh, of Spring Leap, an amazing crowdsourcing company. Uh, lots of learnings to be had. We missed you if you didn't make it out. Good news is there'll be other events, but yeah, it was pretty awesome hanging out. It was. I actually learned quite a bit. I thought I knew everything about crowdsourcing, but uh, given what Trevor was talking about in terms of opportunities that exist, I learned quite a bit. Well, you can look forward to an interview, a very in-depth interview I had with uh, Trevor that I'll be dropping very, very soon. So just look out for that. He had a lot to share in terms of what he's learned. His career has been an eventful one. So you want to look out for that. Now, Diff, I haven't told people who you are, man. If, you, if you're just joining us for the first time, you probably don't know who I've been speaking to for the last uh, minute. <laughs> Defo is, of course, uh, a tech entrepreneur and the executive editor of iAfrican.com. A really special welcome to you if you're joining us for the first time. A big virtual high five to you. Uh, be sure to check out what you've missed on our past episodes. Uh, just head straight to africantechroundup.com where you'll find a link to our Twitter account so we can you know, hear from you. You can tell us what you think of the show. Uh, the handle's, of course, at African Roundup. So, therefore, it's fire, fire in our discussion segment later, not so. Oh, it feels like rumble in the jungle all over again. This is like Ali and four men again. So we got two two guys who've been going at each other, I'd say, for more than a year. And this has got us asking questions about, is the hotel booking, online hotel booking industry this big? But given what they're going at each other for, it seems like it. There's some very big news coming out of Nigeria. Stay tuned. We won't spill the beans just yet. Uh, before we get to the news this week, the African Tech Roundup is supported by Payfast. Payfast is a payments processing service that enables easy, security, and instant transfer of money from online buyers to sellers with no setup fees or monthly subscriptions. Now, individuals, businesses, and charities can easily accept secure payments from online buyers in a variety of ways. Credit card payments from anywhere in the world? Easy. Instant bank transfers with SA's four biggest banks? Done. Bitcoin payments? No problem. Now head to payfast.co.za to find out more terms and conditions to apply. So before we jump into the news, we've got some comments from last week's discussion on Bitcoin and the blockchain. Yeah, some of our listeners and some industry thought leaders around the subject have a few things to say. All right. So we start with a comment from Harun Kola, a Johannesburg-based electrical engineer turned forex trader who's had a lot more experience than most, good and bad, in trading in Bitcoin and researching the possibilities of adopting blockchain technology. It is indeed time to adopt Bitcoin and the blockchain technology. NASDAQ is doing it, so why shouldn't we? The only argument against it is akin to saying that the internet is going to fail because Netscape is a crappy browser, and then using Internet Explorer because everyone is doing it and you don't want to get left behind. It's the same with Bitcoin. The currency is just one app, the first app, and it may fail. And the important thing is that Bitcoin, the protocol, the blockchain is the important thing. And we're going to do amazing things with it. 
And now, here's Dominique Collett, a very knowledgeable fintech investor and innovation architect with her thoughts on why blockchain technology is arguably the most significant disruptor to the financial industry. I'm very excited by Bitcoin and blockchain technology. If we just look at how big Bitcoin is right now, it's got a market cap of around $4 billion, 100,000 online merchants accepted, 5,000 accepted physically, there's 6 million wallets globally, there's 10,000 computers globally processing transactions on the Bitcoin system daily and working on the decentralized ledger, which means that Bitcoin's processing power is several thousand times more powerful than the world's supercomputers combined. There's 30,000 developers working on Bitcoin right now. And in 2014, $290 million of VC capital was invested into Bitcoin startups. It's estimated that another $270 million will be invested into Bitcoin over the next year. And this is smart capital that has seen a lot of disruption before. I think that Bitcoin and blockchain technology has implications beyond payment processing. Bitcoin and its blockchain technology is misunderstood by most investors. Specifically, its value lies not in its worth as a currency but in this open ledger technology as well as in the fixed number of nodes within that ledger. Ingenuity applied to this technology promises uses that are currently beyond human imagination. Bitcoin of the underlying blockchain technology is more than just a new way to make purchases. It's a protocol for exchanging value over the internet without an intermediary. Anywhere an exchange between two parties has traditionally required third party validation, Bitcoin and the underlying blockchain technology may be applicable, including the execution of contracts, the transfer of property and identity management. Wall Street is beginning to take Bitcoin seriously. And the New York Stock Exchange's interest into the Bitcoin space through its investment in Coinbase is a signal that more moderate consumers and investors may be warming to the idea of a decentralized currency. With further adoption, businesses and individuals are seeing opportunities for increased use and greater accessibility within international financial markets. I mean, I think at the end of the day, my view is, is that this is probably one of the most disruptive technologies we've ever seen in the financial services industry. Effectively, it's transforming the fundamental plumbing of the financial services ecosystem. And the implications for banks are massive, um, not just in, the, in Bitcoin as a store of value, but essentially in how the plumbing actually works. I'm hugely excited by Bitcoin. I'm hugely excited in applications of the blockchain technology. Um, I'm particularly interested in how regulators globally are approaching Bitcoin. In the UK, the UK regulators actually set up um, a, a task team to understand the applications. In the US, the regulators are actively looking at it. And I'm excited to see that in South Africa, the first Bitcoin conference was held, which means that the South African um, financial services um, community is starting to become aware of Bitcoin and blockchain and, the, and, and its uses. So we definitely need to watch the space. Well, it's news time. We start with an item out of Nigeria. Turns out fuel shortages and electricity shortages are taking their toll on the country. Yeah, mainly this time around. Nigeria has always had electricity problems, so people resorted to using generators for a very long time. But that now seems to be a problem as well because there's a diesel shortage, which is very surprising considering that Nigeria is the continent's largest oil producer. What's sad about, about that dynamic is that 173.6 million people People, uh, in terms of population and Nigeria is not in a position to meet its own needs for refined fuels. It's very sad. I mean, this is a legacy of Africa that we all need to change in all industries that we have the raw skills or materials, but we don't have the added, we don't have the skills to create added value out of them. Now, companies like MTN, Airtel, Eric Air, among many other businesses have suffered. Uh, MTN announcing that their diesel reserves are really, really low and that it might have to shut down certain base stations and, and similar infrastructure 
infrastructure affecting their services, isn't it? It's really sad given also how, how Nigeria's numbers are doing in terms of internet penetration and we're all looking towards Nigeria as the next big country to sort of mon- monopolize on the internet, on internet businesses. But given that infrastructure and connectivity are going to be an issue, yeah, it's worrying. To South Africa now, when Kosana Makate, a.k.a. the Please Call Me guy, stands to be awarded 10 billion rand or nearly 1 billion US dollars uh, from Vodacom if his case is successful. I mean, he's been unsuccessful over 10 years trying to tell Vodacom and the courts that he was the one who invented the Please Call Me system. And he's been turned down at lower courts over the years. But now the Constitutional Court has said that it's ready to hear his appeal on the 1st of September. So this is relatively a big win for him. Well, this is the highest court in the land. So the very fact that they uh, agreed to hear his case says something about its merits, perhaps. Now, Makate estimates that uh, the, the Please Call Me invention is worth an estimated 70 billion rand. Well, at least that's what he says Vodacom has generated since uh, its inception in 2001. And he just wants... 15%. Not much. That will definitely put him on the country's top rich people. And I'm just wondering if he eventually wins it, will he send Vodacom CEO and SM please call me saying, please call 10 billion. <laughs> Dude could buy a Robin Island with that money. Man, he'll be like among the Ruperts in them as the richest person. But yeah, good luck to him and good luck to Vodacom. And certainly if 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 it is indeed his invention, I certainly am rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, my views are always clear on these matters. If it is his invention, I'm definitely rooting for him. I'm following the story. It's a very grey area which gives me suspicion that it could have been him originating the idea. But let's let the courts decide. We'll be watching this one really closely. Believe you me. Now back to Nigeria, well, kind of, because our next story actually has to do with the University of Cape Town, but a Nigerian doing very interesting things there. We have a Nigerian computer science master's student at the University of Cape Town, as you said. His name is Sunkanmi Olaleye, and he's currently investigating how mobile technology can interface with African digital heritage. He's apparently trying to preserve the now extinct Kam language of the Sun people. Yeah, he calls his project Kam Mobile, and he says that it will allow users to text and perhaps even play games in the extinct Kam languages on mobile devices. The reason that uh, Olaleye is doing this is so that he can go back to Nigeria, where he was born, and use the same research and methods to save the extinct languages, or about to be extinct Nigerian languages, like the Urobo language, spoken in the south of Nigeria. Wow. This Lagos-born chap is doing great work down in Cape Town. Well done to him. Here's to hoping here's to hoping his learnings do a lot to save the languages that we should all be doing our best to produce. We should all be searching the internet in our own languages. This show should be in a different language. But yeah, people like this will help us. The African Tech Roundup coming at you in all 20,000 African languages <laughs> as of next week. Uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in um. <laughs> Who knows? A final news story is from, well, you guessed it, Nigeria. Shout out to you, Nigeria, for uh, delivering the biggest deal of the last week. Uh, Hotels NG has successfully raised 1.2 million US dollars in their latest round of financing. Wow. This is this is really, as you say, wow, quite big for them, uh, considering that they received an undisclosed seed funding from Jason Joku and Bastian Kotter of Iroko fame through their accelerator called or incubator called Spark. And now, a year or two later, they receive uh, $1.2 million in Series A funding from Echo VC and Omidia Network. 
some serious affirmation for the business they do, how well they run it. Also, I think says something about how bullish these people are or these investors are, you know, in terms of online bookings for hotels on the African continent. And as you'll hear up next, Mark explains what they're going to do with part of the money. As the next step, we are going to be expanding to Ghana. And then from there, we'll probably spread out across the rest of West Africa, which is a market that's very similar to the current market that we are in. After that, we'll address the French-speaking African countries before moving on to Central Africa, followed by um, probably Eastern Africa. Well, at least he's told us what he's going to do with the money. Uh, How cool would it be for us to get more detail on exactly how the deal was structured, who who stands to benefit, um, not only just because, you know, to to satisfy our curiosity, but really to serve as a a benchmark for an ecosystem that needs to understand how these things work. Yeah, I mean, I I believe, and I might be wrong, but in my opinion, the African tech ecosystem is still in its infancy. Uh, Exits haven't been that much, so stories like this and details, well, within reason, are quite useful for everybody. Ha, you called it an exit. We don't know it's an exit. Well, it depends. You're right, partly, but it depends. Maybe Mark took some money off the table. Maybe Jason took some money off the table as part of the Series A funding. Who knows? But we don't have the details. The news of this particular acquisition comes right after last week's coverage of Automatic's acquisition of Woo Themes, and we had all the details in the world to analyze and critique. Not only the Woo Themes acquisition by Automatic, but also so if you go to blogs like TechCrunch, the next web, every month whenever a deal is announced, the funding deal is announced in the USA or Europe, there's enough details, again, within reason on both sides, by the VC and the startup itself, which give the ecosystem in their respective regions enough to work on. So we've just quietly slipped into our discussion segment from our last story. Why be secretive at all, really? I mean, around these deals? I really can't say without them telling us why they don't tell us. But again, for me, the other side is disclosing certain parts of the details helps the ecosystem from a media perspective, tech media to add value, to analyze, to ask questions and to build some form of data to say this is how this deal went down compare it to the next deal that happens to say oh wait a minute, why did your funding round take so long and this guy in the same industry's funding round with the same VC took only a month or two weeks. It also means that people looking for funding have to go through exactly the same struggles other people did or worse you know without any reference or anything. Isn't this really at the heart of why places like Silicon Valley are thriving and the tech scene on the continent isn't growing as fast as other places in the world? This is possible because you look at VCs in the in Silicon Valley, as you mentioned, I mean, they disclose so much detail about their, what they do, their learnings, their deals they've done, and the whole ecosystem benefits. Obviously, they don't disclose everything, but they disclose enough for everybody to work on. But the discussion point today is following on that story, Because it's got us asking, how big is this online hotel booking industry on the continent? Because it seems, apart from just Hotels NG receiving $1.2 million in Series A funding, there's another competitor who started in Nigeria as well, funded by Rocket Internet called Jovago.com. That company is headed up by Marek Zmlowski. As you can judge by the surname, he's from Poland. But he's been living in Nigeria for a while and running Jovago, which has now expanded across the continent. And so what's interesting about this dynamic is that these two dudes, uh, Mark and Marek, have essentially developed what some feel is a beef, others call a bromance, and we've seen their not-so-great relationship play out on social media. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! 
In fact, Marek was quoted last week as saying that Mark Essien followed in his footsteps. I'd like to congratulate Hotels and G for the capital raise they have um, achieved. But please do remember that raising actually is not the hardest part when you run a startup. Scaling up and execution, this is this is the really hard part. Um, it wasn't a surprise for Jovago. We knew that this is going to happen sooner or later, especially after th- th- that rapid growth that Jovago has uh, shown to the market in the last two years and the backup that we have and we are happy to have from MTN, Rocket Internet and the Millicom. We knew that there will be other investors also looking at these markets that will try to back up smaller local players to also tap and, and grab a part of the market that we're also uh, working on. Then also in the past week, Mark uh, was quoted as saying that he's pretty thrilled for Hotels NG because the market is so huge and any help he can get in helping change people's booking habits is welcome. Mm, I wonder about that. Yeah, you're right. What? Because they've been at each other's throat from about a year, if not more, from what I've been tracking. And it seems all playful on, 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 on the surface, but I've, I've been questioning partly is it playful or is it beef? But also, is the hotel online booking industry that big that they have to go at each other's throat like this? It could also be argued maybe it isn't that big. Maybe that's why they're protective of their turf. Expanding to a new country for an online travel agency seems like a natural thing to do, especially after you build a, a big inventory in your core country and, and a local, strong local brand. Jovago is already in more than 17 countries in sub-Saharan Africa. That's that's the growth strategy we've been pursuing in the last two years. Also, travel as an activity is something that happens not only in one country, but we deal with customers traveling to one from one country to another country. And that gives the opportunity for an online travel agency to leverage that strong brand and that strong presence when you uh, grow your uh, operations to another country. For example, big Nigerian customer database allows you also to grow in Ghana when you go to Ghana because you also have customers from Nigeria traveling to Ghana. My question is, does Jovago have a genuine first move advantage? First move advantage is something a lot of firms seem to pursue. Is there any merit in it? And in this case, uh, who's winning? It's very difficult to judge. I mean, I gain transparency. We go back to the issue of transparency without knowing each each company's revenues, without knowing each company's amount of bookings. But one number we sort of know, and they've been arguing it out on social media, is who has the most hotels in Nigeria listed on their sites. Mark said at one point said he had over 6,000 or 5,000, cannot remember correctly. And Marek said, oh no, I don't think so. Do you have contracts with them? Because you guys seem to be cutting and pasting pictures and they were at each other's throat. Quite interesting. At the heart of this issue is the fact that we haven't been given enough information to talk with authority on, on exact details and compare apples with apples. And that's a pity. And I think the ecosystem is the poor for it. But certainly, big round of applause to all, to everyone at Hotels.ng. Uh, here's to hoping that the, the industry that they're both operating in, both Hotels.ng and Javago, is as big as they both claim. Because if it is, I think it's just going to benefit everybody on the continent. Oh yeah, definitely. It means more jobs. It means more permanent jobs, more temporary jobs, because they, they create a lot of jobs, not only directly by employing people, but indirectly, if you make hotel booking easier, therefore hotels book more people, therefore they employ more people, etc, etc. Listen, so we're going to throw this out to you guys. What do you make of the hotel booking industry in Nigeria, in Western Africa, and indeed the rest of the continent? Is it a huge 
huge uh, opportunity waiting to be milked? Or maybe is it, a, is it a sort of smaller industry that's worth fighting over like these two gentlemen have been over the, you know, the, the last short while? The other thing is, how do you feel about massive deals like the one that just went down um, around Hotels NG? The details of such deals you know, remaining secret. How do you feel about that? What is it you'd want to know about those kind of deals? Are you an, an entrepreneur that aspires to being at that level of success? What would you want to know about that deal that would make your journey all the, the much better? And then the last question you, you can answer you can answer all of them, some of them. You know, tell us, does Jovago have first mover advantage in this market? Who features as the dominant brand in this industry? Speak to us. If you're anywhere where these brands operate, please tell us who's winning. For this week, I'll say this round goes to Hotels NG just because the deal went down. Mm, I'll keep mum on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the show this week. We're enjoying all the interaction we're having with you on Twitter and on SoundCloud. Please keep it coming. You can comment directly in our SoundCloud account. Just head to africantechroundup.com. You'll find us there. Uh, on Twitter, of course, we are at African Roundup. We also look forward to having some of your comments feature on the show, so keep them coming. Once again, this week, the African Tech Roundup is supported by PayFast. PayFast is a payments processing service that enables easy, secure, and instant transfer of money from online buyers to sellers with no setup fees or monthly subscriptions. For more on them and their incredible offers, head to payfast.co.za. Terms and conditions do apply. Otherwise, that's it from me, Andile Masugu, and... Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.